she doesn't leave. She made a promise to my dad not to leave him, and she didn't leave him. She made a promise to her kids that she would always be there for us, and she is. She, she loves in this way. Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a Bible verse, Colossians 1.17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations, they are an invitation. Because as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, digital media operates from a distance. And that is not what's best for us, with God, or with one another. So, thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Welcome to Christ in All Things. I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell. I'm Pastor Jason Schockman. And it is good to be back. It is. We have a special episode that kind of came up, well, not, it kind of came up at the last minute here, but I'm going to begin us or commence us with a prayer. Thank you. All right. Almighty God, by the death of your dear son, Jesus Christ, you destroyed death. And by his rest in the tomb, you sanctified the graves of your saints. And by his bodily resurrection, you brought life and immortality to light so that all who die in him abide in peace and hope. Receive our thanks for the victory over death and the grave that he won for us. Keep us in everlasting communion with all who wait for him on earth and with all in heaven who are with him. For he is the resurrection and the life, even Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. That prayer you heard just a couple days ago, my friend. And have said multiple times. And you've said hundreds of times yeah. over the last... 15 plus plus years we are we're doing uh this is a, a series that's going to be periodic i'm planning over two years because pastor shockman just uh two days ago and i'm going to call you jason here is that that's okay fine. yeah um buried my father buried his father two days ago yeah. and you know, it it occurred to me as i was getting ready yesterday <laughs> or something i thought you know, this is kind of fresh <laughs> and, um, you know, and I, part of, I, part of our responsibility as pastors in many, one of the things that we do is help people grieve. So our culture's jacked about grief. Yeah. We don't know how to do this well, uh, culturally speaking. And so what I, what I thought I, I'd like to do with you in your game yeah. is we're having a conversation on grieving on grieving and this is this is a week out roughly just over from your father's death yeah two days after the funeral um, we'll gather again in about a month out and then at around a quarter and in this case I was looking at a quarter and that's that I want to put us after a holiday yeah I'm gonna I want to talk after Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving. And, and then we'll go 
you know, about six months out from your father's death. And then the next one I have scheduled is on the one year anniversary. Yeah. And if that works. And then the next time we'll go is we'll be about two um, years, about two years. If, yeah. if you're game for that, that's what I'd like to do. And so listeners, yeah. if you want to write those on the calendar and tune in at those appropriate intervals, uh, good Lord willing, we'll be here long enough to do it. So, or so one, two, three. So help us God. Yeah, it never works. It never works. That's all right. Um, so your dad's death was a week ago. Monday. Monday. Yep. Uh, August 8th. August 8th in the year of our Lord, 2002. And we are sitting, we are sitting here on the 19th day of August in the year of our Lord, 2002. So. And it was just two days ago that you laid him to rest. Um, tell me about what it was like because I didn't get I didn't get to be with my dad yeah what was it like to be with your dad near his death and knowing that it was coming um it's hard you what what do you mean um uh, well so (laughs) the last five years have really been the this journey toward where we are now sure um, so five, five years ago, dad was diagnosed with, uh, a couple of pretty nasty, uh, cancers, um, and went through a significant amount of chemo radiation treatment. Um, and they, the, the dad that came out of that when, when cancer was deemed to be in remission, the, the side effect of all of that was noticeable. Got it. Um, and so, uh, dad post cancer and dad pre cancer were were a little different. Sure, a little different. Um, he slowed down a lot. Um, so if you can imagine like a like a seventy year old version of me, and then that's actually rather difficult to imagine. And then, well, right, <laughs> and then slow it down a lot. Right, that was kind of okay. like dad. Uh, he and I were very similar in a lot of ways, uh, which <laughs> caused for some headbutting when I was younger. Um, we got we got over it, um, and then about mostly mostly we'll, we'll talk about that yeah, yeah. more and as then, we go along. And then two years ago, um, he was beginning to uh, battle with. Uh, some some kind of frontal lobe of the brain stuff. Sure. Um, and was was doctoring at uh, Freydert, which is one of the you know high end uh, the specialists of the specialists come there here in southern Wisconsin. Here, here in southern Wisconsin, anyway. Um, and they were testing and testing and testing and testing and never really wanting to put a label on what they were discovering uh, because diagnosis can limit treatment options. Sure. Um, And so they were wanting to really make sure they had the right diagnosis before they actually went after a significant path toward treatment. Um, So you went through a frustrating process of figuring out what was up with your dad. Which then uh, mom and dad decided we're done with this. Uh, it doesn't need a specific name. We just need some treatment options. And so they went back up to Appleton, 
um, to one of the neurologists up there who is fantastic. Um, and and we, we've, as a family, have known his work for some time. He's fantastic. Um, and so he sat down with mom and dad and said, okay, one approach to handling where you're at is to, to dig in and get as specific as possible so that treatment can be as zeroed in as possible. Another path to this is to label, to diagnose as generally as we can, which opens up as many doors for treatment as possible. And then we get to play with all these drugs and find out which ones work and which ones don't. Um, and so, um, that neurologist, uh, diagnosed dad with Parkinson's and frontal lobe dementia. So your frontal lobe of your brain is where all like your autonomic stuff happens. Like, you know, like breathing. Right. An important function. (laughs) Verbal processing, vocabulary. Um, so dad's dementia wasn't that he didn't, um, have a clue who you were when you walked in the door. It's that he, he couldn't articulate what he was thinking. Yeah. And the things that he knew he couldn't express. Was that, I, I'm trying to, was that extraordinarily frustrating, frustrating for him? Oh, uh, and, and, and for all of you. Right. Not as, not as much for all of us as it was for him. Um, in fact, uh, at one point, he sat down with a nurse who was evaluating him f- to approve um, some home health care to help mom as she cared for dad, right? And, and in the midst of all of this, my mother, um, who I love dearly and refer to lovingly as the original smother, uh, never left my dad. What so she, I, w- she, I want to I want to I want to I mean, jump would, to that. She would go, yeah, you know, like she she would go to like run errands, or, or, like run to the bank if she had to go sign something, or uh, you know run run to her own appointment if she needed to. But then uh, my sister would come to the house and be with dad, or the home health care nurse was there to to be with dad. And even even though when the home health care nurses came, mom wouldn't leave the house. She would just go to a different part of the house so she could call the lawyer or call the finance guy or sure. call the, you know, this branch of whatever three-letter government agency she needed to talk to about where he was. Um, but she wouldn't leave him. I want to I interrupt you there. Yeah. Because, and this wasn't part of my original line of questioning, but you, you have spoke, especially in the last, I think, month, with a, a certain reverence about your mom yeah in this what did you what did you learn from your mother since it, well uh, let me put it in two two ways sure what did you learn what did you learn from your mother for good and for ill from the di- from the original diagnoses with the cancer five six years ago that's part a and then part b in these last days okay so to, to the answer is the same okay um, if I'm spitballing here, like sure. flying, because this is right. We didn't prep for this, so we I'm did not. I'm really just giving you what to see. So, in this for for our listeners, part of the reason I wanted to do this is because this podcast is a listening ear into pastoral conversations, and this certainly and, is. And this is a pastoral. This is a conversation between two pat, you know, two pastors who are sitting across offices from one another, and 
both of whom now have lost their fathers mm. in very different ways um, and in very different circumstances. But I, I wanted part of our purpose here is to talk. And in the talking, maybe we'll all together discover some ways to help one another grieve in Christ. Yeah. Um, so the thing, um, the thing that I've discovered, not discovered and not even learned, but I think um, reappropriated is a good word for it uh, about mom is um, she is as servant hearted a woman as I know. And what in my youth was um, smothering. <laughs> He's, I wish you could see, he is smirking. And yes, squinting. mom, it's in love. Yeah. Um, it, I didn't understand then what I see clearly now um, that I, that I even, even in, in my young adult life didn't really understand right, is that this is how my mom serves. This is, this is how my mom gives all of herself to care for the ones she loves. And what's the this? Smothers. But by it's that, not... By that you mean? She doesn't leave. She made a promise to my dad not to leave him, and she didn't leave him. She made a promise to her kids that she would always be there for us, and she is. Um, she, she loves in this way. Um, and I'm getting a little weepy <laughs> and, um, we would always joke with mom, right? Uh, that our excuse as kids, our excuse was, but we love you, mommy. <laughs> Uh, we even stumbled in the last few days, stumbled across a picture of my mom, which is rare. Sure. Like getting a picture of my mom is like a non-starter. doesn't happen. Um, in a sweatshirt that my sister and I made for her back in the, oh golly, early 90s, late 80s. Um, just this white sweatshirt that with puffy paint, we wrote on it, their excuse, we love you, mommy. And we have this picture of it now, right? Which is fantastic. Um, but that that's my mom loving us, making sure that we have whatever she can give of herself, of her time, of, of whatever gift she has to make sure that we are cared for. Um, and, and in a whole new way, I watched her do the same things that she's always done for me, that she's always done for my sister, that she's always done for my dad uh, in, in a new way. So for my dad in these last days. Talk, talk about the new way in the um, last days. So, well, the same old way. It was same old way. In a new way. But, but same old thing, right? But it, it carried a different weight. I think that's the best way to, sure. you know, reappropriate it. It's the same old thing, but it had a different weight. Um, so the Thursday before dad died, he died a Monday night. So Thursday before dad died, my sister was there 
with my mom, having great conversations with my dad, singing songs out of the OFC songbook and, um, ongoing ambassadors, ongoing for ambassadors for Christ. Yeah. And, uh, and, and dad, um, dad had the book in his hand, but he had the binding of the book on the right side. So he couldn't turn the page from the right side and couldn't let go of the left side to turn, right? To his, hands could, his hands well, couldn't he, function he, to turn the page. They did. No, they did. His hands worked. His brain, though, wouldn't tell him, flip to, the to book over the and put the binding on yeah. the left, and uh, then you can turn the pages on the left like okay. you normally do. Yeah. Um, and so my sister offered to help him. She said, Dad, can I, can I, can I trade you books? So that he could have one that the binding was on the right side. And he, he got a little possessive of his OEFC songbook. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, and, and then, you know, later on, um, Sean left and, and they had a great time singing songs and together. Sean is your sister. Sean is my sister. Sean left and dad fell asleep pretty, pretty much as soon as she left. And, and that was, that was really the last conversation any of us had with him. I was singing OEFC songs. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and dad's frustration of, about the book, right? Um, and then he, so then he went to sleep uh, and he didn't really wake up uh, after that. Um, Sean called me on Friday and said, uh, just so you know, dad's been asleep for 24 hours. Um, well, that's, that's a significant change. It is. Right. Because earlier that week, right, I had been up there earlier that week Um and, and Appleton's about hour two and hour and a half from us in Oconomowoc. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I said, okay. Uh, called mom, said, you know, keep me posted on what's going on. And uh, we had a family thing down in Chicago. So we ran down there and came back Saturday night. And um, I was just coming off of vacation. And so I, I really was kind of looking forward to getting back in the saddle as far as liturgy and uh, teaching and all that stuff was coming. I've actually been chomping at the bit to get back at it. Um, and then uh, you had arranged for me to be able to do some other things with our, our ministry here on Sunday morning, uh, to sit in with the radio group and to sit in with the, with the praise team at the eight o'clock and 1030 service, uh, which I was game for and actually kind of looking forward to seeing a different side of how we do what we do. Um, and then, so that was what I was looking forward to on Sunday morning. And then mom called Saturday night, uh, after we got back from Chicago and said, um, I heard this with my mom and I heard it with my dad and I'm hearing the rattle, the, the death rattle in his yep. breathing. Um, and I said, okay. Um, she's like, well, I'm going to call the hospice nurse and have them come over and look. And, um, you know, March, March, back in March, we had moved dad into this memory care facility cause mom couldn't handle him at home alone anymore. Right. Which meant we moved mom in too. Because, uh, again, she didn't leave him. She slept there most nights, right, in her recliner. Um, I mean, she had a bed at my sister's house, which was right around the corner, and, and she didn't go there much. And if she did, she'd get there at, like, you know, 8, 9 o'clock at night, and then she'd get up at, you know, midnight to go back to, to be with that. Because if you got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, she was there. Um, so mom called and I went up 
Um, and so I, I stayed the night that night, that Saturday night with mom, uh, and you know, the hospice people were coming in every hour on the hour, uh, checking on him, delivering some medication, keeping him comfortable. Uh, and we listened to him breathe like an old coffee percolator running hard Yeah, all night long. And then all day Sunday, uh, there was one moment on Sunday. So then Sean came over on Sunday morning and as a family, the four of us watched church at St. Paul's. And then we watched church from my sister's church in Appleton or in, in Greenville together as a family. And, um, you know, sang and cried and sang and cried and, um, it, you know, they're together as a family. And there's one moment, probably four o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday when the, the percolator stopped for a solid 45 seconds. Oh, wow. Uh, and in, to the point where like I got up and walked across the room and, and stood there at the foot of dad's bed and was watching and waiting and thinking, okay, home. Right. Um, and then this little flutter under the sheets started right at his, right at his solar plexus. And, and then the, yeah, it's not snoring. Right, no. hey, folks. If you've never, if you've never listened to this, if you've never had to, um, you, well, you're maybe blessed in that way. But uh, at the same time, um, there is there is something uh, that is tangible in the in the breathing as you're listening to uh, your loved one uh, struggle for every breath. You know what has me think this thinking of mm-hmm. the Kleinig book, wonderfully made. Oh yeah, and the word. And the word in the in the Hebrew and then the Greek. Yeah. For our life. Yeah. Which is directly related to breathing. Breath. Yeah. Yeah. Suke is the Greek. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Nefesh is the is the Hebrew. Yeah. Right. Um and so uh and then he started breathing again. And then we all kind of took stock of each other and and we we were all okay. You know, this is, this is what's coming. Uh, we know dad's going to die soon. Um, so come Lord Jesus quickly come take him from this veil of tears, fill your promise to, um, uh, uh keep him from evil, right? Deliver us from evil. Cause ultimately, I mean, we pray this in the Lord's prayer every week, every time, every time we pray the Lord's prayer, we say, deliver us from evil. And, and ultimately, Ultimately, God keeps that promise and delivers us from evil when we die because sin no longer can touch us. Death no longer has dominion over us because Christ has promised this in his own resurrection. And so when we pray, deliver us from evil, we're praying that we would die in faith, right? That we would, that we would die a blessed death so, and rest in the Lord. And, and so you know, we kind of had a conversation about, you know, so then, then we started talking pretty openly with, you know, dad right there about, well, okay, what did we have for funeral plan? How are we squared away on all this? Do we know where, 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 where the funeral plot is or the burial plot is? What funeral home are we going with? Have we talked to pastor about this or we started talking about that stuff. And then I think that got a little overwhelming for mom. And so, uh, essentially she told us to go home <laughs> Um, so we came home on Sunday night, uh, and then I went and played the journeyman golf outing on Monday. 
That's our men's group. That's our men's group here at church uh, at St. Paul's. And uh, I didn't play very well, but it was really good for me uh, to be surrounded by the foursome that I was surrounded with. So uh, Chad, Jim, and my father, confessor, pastor, David Groth, uh, you are a gift to me more than you know. That foursome is, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know that I can express what they are for me, whether they know it or not. So uh, let's. So then, yeah. Let I want right let, Monday. Now, now we're going to pause. Okay, because it it's time. Because what we're doing is we're ma- we, you know you talked with reverence, yeah, about your mother, yeah, you know who who led you all in in the way of presence and care, yeah. And I I wanna I wanna turn it where you took us. And I want to talk a little bit about your journey here when we come back. Okay. For show notes and other information about this or other episodes of Christ in All Things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. To support Christ in All Things, click the donate page at either ChristInAllThings.org or SPLCO.org. In thanks for a one-time gift of $100 or more, you receive a pair of nerdy blue light blocking glasses with the Christ in All Things logo on them. Pastor Shockman loves these. That is so not true. Patrons who subscribe for a monthly gift of $20 or more will have early access to the show and receive some on-air clapping. As well as a pair of Wisconsin-made Christ in All Things hiking socks. Gifts of $1,000 or more will receive thunderous on-air clapping. And a word of thanks, plus a handmade leather Christ in All Things folio by the Murdy Creative Company. For a gift of $10,000 or more, we will go bleeping bananas. Do a happy dance and take the show on the road to your home or wherever it is you'd like to fly us to record with you. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at info at splco.org, or call us at 262-567-5001. Intro, outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl, copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.